the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is God's Promise to Those Who Are Generous. God's Promise to Those Who Are Generous. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 is one of the greatest promises in the scriptures. It is so all-encompassing that almost any other promise will fit under its umbrella. Paul says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The verse says, God will meet all your needs then why do Christians have so many needs that are not being met? Is God's promise not valid for today? The answer to this question is that with every promise in Scripture, there is a condition which says, if you do this, I will do that. People want to take the Philippians 4.19 promise and apply it to their lives while avoiding the condition in verses 14 through 18. The context is, Paul is thanking the Philippian Christians for the sacrificial gifts they had sent him through Epaphroditus. He's telling them that because they had given sacrificially to him, God is going to take care of their needs. So let's look first at the condition. And the condition is, I must be generous to others. I must be generous to others. Proverbs 11, verse 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So when you're generous to others, God is going to be generous to you and with you. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You see, if you're generous to others, 
God will be generous to you. If you make his kingdom a priority, if you seek to advance his cause, God will meet all of your needs. The Apostle Paul is saying in our text that unless I'm obeying God in the matter of giving, God doesn't give any guarantee to meet my needs. God is not obligated to meet my needs if I am not obeying what he has told me to do. We can block the flow of God's blessing by being stingy. Paul gives us three reasons for being generous. And the first is, my giving is an encouragement to others. In Philippians chapter Chapter 4, 14 through 16, Paul says, It was good that you helped me when I needed it. You Philippians remember when I first preached the good news there. When I left Macedonia, you were the only church that gave me help. Several times you sent me things I needed when I was in Thessalonica. So the Philippian church was not a wealthy church. It was a poverty-stricken church. Yet they were big-hearted and generous in their giving. Their giving had encouraged Paul. You see, giving is an encouragement, not only to the giver, but also to the receiver. Giving makes us like Jesus Christ. The most Christ-like thing we can do is to give. You know about God who says, God gave his only son. So Jesus is our example of sacrificial giving because he gave his life on the cross so that we may have life eternal. The Philippian church had a reputation of generosity. In 2 Corinthians Uh, Chapter 8, Paul calls them an example for the rest of the world. They gave out of their extreme poverty. They gave more than they could afford to give. And their giving was a blessing to Paul. But the second uh, reason to be generous is that my giving is an investment in the future. My giving is an investment in the future. Verse 17, though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me happiest is the well-earned reward you will have because of your kindness. So Paul here is using a banking term when he says that they are going to get a well-earned reward. You see, in the Greek it means accumulated interest. Paul is saying, I want you to receive the reward for your giving. The Good News translation says, I want to see profit added to your account. So we have an account in heaven. God is recording everything that we do. When we give, it is recorded in heaven. A cup of cold water given in Jesus' name is written down. 
Every time you are generous to your family, to your church, to your friends, to a stranger, to a person in need, it is recorded and will be rewarded. It is an investment, and the bank of heaven pays interest. But we don't get the interest if we don't make the investment. We store up treasure in heaven by giving by investing in the work of the Lord to spread the gospel uh, throughout the world. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 18 and, and 19, Give happily to those in need, and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. See, God's bank never goes bankrupt, and we have eternity to enjoy the fruits of our investment here and now. But the third reason Paul gives for being generous is that my Giving is a sacrifice to God. My giving is a sacrifice to God. In verse 18, chapter 4, verse 18, I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you had, have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So the most pleasing thing that you can do for God is by giving sacrificially. When you are, you are most like Christ when you are sacrificial in your giving. It pleases God when you give sacrificially because it um, is a representation of who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ who gave his all. See, giving is an act of worship. That's why we, we do it in the, in the worship service. It is just as important as singing, as praying, and as preaching. Paul says the gift the Philippians sent to him is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice to God. The gift they sent to Paul is equivalent to a gift to God. Every act of generosity in your life can be done as a sacrifice to God. Anytime you have a spirit of generosity, it is an encouragement to others. It's an investment in eternity, and it is a sacrifice pleasing to God. That is why Paul said it is so important to be a giver. He said there are only two kinds of people in the world, givers and takers. And you have to decide which one you are, whether you are a giver or you are a taker. The happy people are the giving people. The unhappy people are the misers. You can't claim verse 19 unless you are doing verse 18. I must first be generous to others. Christ said, give to others and God will give to you. 
Be generous to others, and God will be generous to you. When you meet the condition of being generous with others, then you can claim the promise of verse 19. The promise is, God will meet all your needs. Not just your financial needs, but all your needs. Paul says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. This I would call the believer's insurance policy. It gives us God's guarantee that he will take care of us as children. Paul says, and my God will meet all your needs. This includes everything, financial, mental, physical, health, and relational needs. Notice it doesn't say that God might meet your needs, but God will meet your needs. It's a guarantee. If you meet the condition to be generous to others and to uh, be generous in the building of his kingdom, then you can count on this promise to be fulfilled in your life. If you are a consistent, generous giver, you can count on the promise. God will take care of your needs, all of your needs. There are many people who misuse this verse. There are two categories this promise does not include. It does not include the consequence of laziness. This promise is not an invitation simply to goof off. It is not an invitation to sit around with folded arms and say, I'm just trusting the Lord to provide. God expects us to work. That's a part of the mandate for us here on the earth. In Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, Paul says, even when, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. Now, Paul is referring here to able-bodied Christians who can work but refuse to work. It is not, it it does not, um, it's not speaking about the person who is looking for a job and can't find a job because of what's happening in the economy. But he is referring to people who can work but refuse to work. But the promise does not cover all our wants. This is a big difference. There's a big difference between needs and wants. In 1890, a sociologist did a study and asked Americans what they thought were the basic needs of life, the bare minimum to survive. The study revealed that Americans in 1890 thought there were 16 basic things everyone needed to survive. The survey was taken less than 100 years later, 
and found that Americans thought they had to have 98 things in order to survive. You see, our wants have a way of being exaggerated into needs. As James says in James chapter 4 and verse 3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You see, God has not promised to provide us with all the luxuries that we need, that we, that we think we need. There are health and wealth preachers today who teach that God wants everybody to be a millionaire. And as I said to the congregation some years back, I was in Dallas, Texas, and worshipped at their 8 o'clock service at the Potter's House, uh, T.G. Jakes's um, uh, church. And uh, he was not preaching that Sunday, but he was uh, in, the, in, the, in the pulpit also. Uh, the, the preacher was um, a health and wealth preacher from Chicago. I can't remember his name now, but you, you probably know him because he, he is one of those um, who uh, make great claims and tell people all kinds of um, uh, exaggerated things. But uh, on that Sunday, um, he told the congregation that in one year, the potter's house would have a hundred millionaires and three billionaires. And people gave a long applause, I'm sure because they were hoping that they would be one of the millionaires. <laughs> God says he will meet all your needs, not all your greeds. Furthermore, God does not say, go out and waste your money on luxuries. Then when you don't have enough money to pay for your needs, I'll meet them. No, God does not bankroll foolishness. If I blow all of my money in some area and my needs aren't being met, I can't say, God, your promise isn't true. Your situation is not God's fault. He has not promised to bankroll your stupidity. See, what has, what has God promised? What is covered in this verse? All legitimate needs that we have as individuals. That covers a lot of things. Do you have a financial need? If you're a faithful giver, you have every right to ask and to expect God to meet your financial needs. If you are not a faithful giver, you have no right to expect God to meet your needs because you have not met the condition. The same is, is true for any kind of needs, physical needs, health needs, relational needs, emotional needs. God promises to meet all your needs. If that is true, then what do I have to worry about? Nothing. See, God says, I assume responsibility for my children's needs. If you are a child of God and you are meeting the condition, then you can count on God meeting your needs. Notice again what Paul says. My God will meet all your needs. How? 
according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, there's a big difference between according to and out of. Bill Gates is a millionaire. If he wrote you a check for a million dollars, that would be giving to you out of his riches. But if he gave you a blank check and said, use it for whatever you need, he would be giving according to his riches. So God gives us a blank check. Philippians 4.19 is a blank check for the faithful believers. A blank check is worthless if it does not have a signature. And this, but the signature on this check is Jesus Christ. He's the one who signs it, and his check never bounces. A parallel passage that says the same thing is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verses 6 through 8. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give whatever he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see, if you really grab hold of this passage, it will revolutionize your life. The principle is this. If you become a giver, God will take care of your needs. Giving guarantees God's provision. I have no worries about the future in terms of financial need because I have done all that God says I, I ought to do and I need to do. It is fun to be a giver because uh, I know that I cannot outgive God. He will beat me every time. He has... He will bless me uh, more than I can even expect to be blessed. You see, he guides me in times of confusion. He keeps me in times of danger. He refreshes me in times of weariness. He motivates me in times of struggle. And he encourages me in times of failure. He knows when... My burdens are heavy. He knows when my body is exhausted. He knows when my faith is tested. He knows when my trials are overwhelming. When my feelings are hurt. When my patience is thin. When my nights are long. And when my soul is burdened. And what a wonderful blessing it is to know that God cares about what is happening in our lives and is able to do exceedingly more than we could ever ask or think. How thrilling it is to realize that God can transform burdens into blessings, that he can transform tears into triumphs, that he can transform deficiencies into sufficiencies, frustrations into faith, perplexities into peace, and miseries into miracles. He said, there is no pain that God cannot ease. 
There's no weakness that God cannot strengthen. There's no fear that God cannot calm. No loneliness God, that God cannot comfort. No burden that God cannot lift. No tear that God cannot dry. No sin that God cannot forgive. No hunger that God cannot satisfy. No problem that God cannot solve. No situation that God cannot control. No need that God cannot meet. And no mountain that God cannot move. And so we can echo with Paul. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.